podcast. Blurgoth, Blurgoth, he's our man. If he can't do it, fuck. I regret, I regret what I just did. Just so you know. <laughs> you know what you don't see either in the abyss or you know, hell? Janitors. They have no fucking janitors there. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it's the wacky wave waving in front of the wall. <laughs> I do feel nice and like kind of warm and I I feel kind of like a like someone important with this coffee cup in my hand. You look important with is that it, coffee. Is cup it the in Enterprise your hand. Bank on the side? Yeah. Uh you know what, uh, Chris? Do you think we could put in some um, kind of like a like a high pitch, not high pitch, like a kind of bumpy classical music, like a dun 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 dun, dun, dun <laughs> kind of classical music in here? I feel like I'm sitting on a nice leather sofa, drinking a nice hot cup of coffee. Yeah, we can we can pretend that the that the the set that we record in is this very high, uh, you know, high class posh recording environment, whoa, and whoa, not whoa. and not Jesse's kitchen. Whoa, this <laughs> is high class and posh. With many leather bound books. Yes, sir. And rose <laughs> yes. shelves. Mm, yes. Pinkies out and such. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Stat Block. Today I'm Professor Ben. And I am Dr. Jesse. It, we're, it's, it sounds weird to say my first name after Doctor, but that's just how I roll. I'm also here. <laughs> Today Hello, we Christopher. Have a, how are you doing this fine, fanciful day, Christopher? Oh, I am... I am doing... I've had what I would consider a nominal amount of sleep recently. <laughs> well, oh, sit up straight, Christopher. This is a podcast of class and bosh. Oh, leave the bloke alone, Dr. Jesse. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> Chris, nominal amount of sleep, that really sucks. Yeah, the whole quitting Red Bull thing is, uh, is a time, but Monday marks three weeks off. Of the of the stuff, I see. Uh, instead of drinking the American ground coffee, you've decided with the tea. Very yes, I European have, of you. I have uh, I have returned to my high school addiction of pumping a gallon and a half of Arizona into my body. Ah yes, Arizona tea. That is the tea with for the the people with made the from college. Arizona. Made from Arizona. <laughs> made for from the, the for the people. Grounds. Let me, let me say my joke for the. <laughs> For the people with collars of blue. <laughs> that was the, the end. Now you can say your joke, Ben. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Made directly from, from the dirt in Arizona deserts. It's just dirt water with a shit ton of sugar. <laughs> sugar makes everything taste good. Welcome to America. Boom. Oh, God. Goes the dynamite. It's really true. Since we are on a scholarly type uh, feeling today, uh, I thought we could get together uh, and for our tabletop talk today, our nice fine segment where we enjoy tea, crumpets, and ground coffee. Folgers in your cup. Um, where we can give out some like recommendations, maybe reminders. I don't want to go too much into like great detail about these, but for just any GM that's out there. So just like our kind of GM tips that we kind of go over, we think are important. Now, you can find a lot of more detailed information 
and more, uh, you know, in-depth on game design, things like that, on videos yeah. online, YouTube. There's so much of it out there, so I just kind of wanted to... We, we just kind of wanted to do, like, a reminders. Yeah, GM reminders, this is... Some things we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, mm. Like, I, I, I said this before we started recording, uh, I would consider a lot of these tips things to, like, write down on a sticky note and just throw on the back of your DM screen, just so they can kind of be there as present reminders. They're not rules, they're just good, uh, good mindsets to keep yourself in. Yeah. So I I don't think we can we really have to do these in any particular order. Um, I don't think so. So if you're gonna stick a sticky note up on the back of the DM screen, what is your sticky note going to be, Jesse? What's the reminder for some of our DMs out there? The number one sticky note, I would say, uh, right off the bat, the first thing, because what's the first thing that you do when you start DMing, right? Or well, before you DM, first thing you do is you think of a story, right? You think of some adventure that you can guide players through. So my the the number one thing to put as a sticky note on your mind before you start planning this would be don't go too big. Don't don't go too big. Yeah. Don't right. go too big. Your regular standard eight by eleven paper. You don't need poster you boards. You do not for need more sheets. than no. that. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, can, can you go into a little more detail on don't go too big? Yeah, yeah. So um, poster boards are usually around 24 by 36. It, you really only need the 11 and a half, 11 and a half by 11. By 11 and a half. That's what I mean by don't go too big, of course. Right. I right. don't mean anything else. Oh, so uh, Chris, uh, you have your GM screen in front of you and... <laughs> yeah. uh, Oh, are you, are you not GM. supposed to use those, like, folded poster board things for, like, high school projects as DM screens? Uh, I think you're fine. Okay. Now, I particularly That's choose... That's too big to, for me, personally, but... <laughs> now, I particularly, you know, choose not to use a DM screen, so where these sticky notes are going to end up, it's going to just be, like, in front of me where everyone can see them. But when I was using a DM screen, I would definitely use, like, uh, the box of a dishwasher. Oh, um, wow, yeah. Yeah, I had to cut out little eye slits. Yeah. I just had my own little fort back there. And you end up with a little, like one of those little sliding doors, like the secret, like, uh, you know, go away, the wizard's not seeing anyone. Yeah, and <laughs> the entire time I just quoted uh, the Monty Python, the Holy Grail quotes. Yeah. Um, and threw blueberries down to people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And every time they were traveling, did you do the sound? Uh, no, I made them do that. They had to do their own stuff. So yeah, that's that's what we mean by don't go too big. We're talking exclusively about your DM screen, of course. Yes. Uh, this D and D is supposed to feel like an inclusive game. You don't need to build yourself a fortress back there. No barriers. Oh, that actually. Now that we think about it, what what about story wise? Fuck! Mean? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, you ran with that poster board really well. Yeah, no. like, just bam! I was like, we're not making it through this GM list at all. It's not gonna happen. This is number one. Five minutes in, back on track. Let's go. So, right. what I actually meant by that was, uh, don't build your story too big. Yeah. There's uh, like, I made the mistake of doing that where I had this like worldwide catastrophe type of uh, situation in impending on uh, my players. Um, at level like four, and it was just way too much. Like every, like it was just, it was just too much, and they ended up killing themselves anyway. So now it was an accident. They didn't do it. They didn't go out with suicide pack. 
Definitely, uh, I love <laughs> I love the don't go too big in your story idea, but I think that's mainly going to be tailored towards the less experienced of the right. DMs. There are some yeah. DMs that run very high-end, very yeah. cataclysmic oh, yeah. type oh. games, which yes. are uh, fantastic. So, in that scope, you can, when you are just kind of like starting off or you're a little bit new, don't. Yeah, don't go way too way too big, and it kind of ties into the sticky note that I would leave up, which is uh, don't overplan. Right, don't yeah. overplan for your games. Like you can, especially if you're just starting off, you can have a whole notebook full of every little detail in your world, but you can't flip through that notebook. You know, six hours of your you know seven hour game session or three yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, you can't be thumbing you can't through all your looking notes for every little detail. Yeah. Right. Don't overplan. Leave room for interpretation. Leave room for improv. Leave yeah. room for your players to interact. The the one thing I would say that if you are a newer DM, like listen up. This is some great advice <laughs> coming from one new DM to another. These are things that it's really helpful to know this stuff before getting in. Yeah. And then you're over your head and you're going, "Wow, shit! I have no idea where to go from here after yeah. what I introduced last week." And uh, that kind of ties into uh, what I think my. Uh, like my like number one would be is uh don't be afraid to just say fuck it don't uh, be afraid to just actually, let go of whatever you thought was gonna happen like you let's say i know i know it can be rough when you've spent you know six seven eight hours like meticulously planning out the details of a session you get there and your players are just like let's go chase a fish or some absurdity that's actually a real example but we'll leave that for another time uh it's the magical fish yeah I don't, flounder yeah magical um, flounder there you go don't don't be afraid to just like let them run with that because at the end of the day uh the best thing to remember is that behind your screen within your notepads within your head they have zero clue none they don't know anything about what you have planned and don't be afraid to let them write half that story for you and that's, see, I, I like the idea of like putting both of your sticky notes together of the, with the don't over plan and then be willing to adjust from it. I, I think like, that was more of a, don't be afraid to fail. Was that, was that kind of what you were talking about? See, I, I don't see it as a failure to like, yeah. okay. So if you want your players to go end up at, let's say this point C, you know, however, like whatever route they get. Yeah. Like that's how they can get there, but they make their own um, way to get there. Part of planning is that we've talked about this before, but it's that um, illusion of choice. Yeah. You know, like if you give them a choice, the ending route is the same place, but they pick how they're getting there. It's almost like there is no like point A, point B, point C. Yeah. There is always just the next point. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And it's it's a matter of being able to. Uh, to let go of that, I don't know if it's if this is the right phrasing, but that like that overwhelming need to feel like you're in control of like the direction of this story. This one I think is again a little a little more chicka 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 chee Yeah. Uh, this one's talking about railroading. <laughs> tailored a little more, I think, to uh, again maybe newer DMs who don't quite uh, grasp the whole collaborative storytelling aspect. Because I've talked to some people who say they want to DM, and the first things out of their mouth is always like, "Well, I'm going to have a plan for everything you guys do," and it's like, or just don't. <laughs> like, why? What's just let point? it go. Have fun with it. Like, right. There's no point 
it's, you know what, I, I don't know if we've said this before. If we haven't, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to just kind of revise the, you know, the wording of this. The number one sticky note is you're not trying to beat your players. Yeah, it's not. Like, it, it, that's beautiful. I agree. Yeah, it's not you versus them. It's what it is, is you have uh, in, you create a world and you have an influence in this world of like what's happening um that's going to affect these players but as far as the story goes you're not just writing something that you're pushing these players through you're not telling a story for them um or to them you are telling a story with them uh collaboratively around the table so as you go along you all are collectively telling this beautiful story or hopefully beautiful story <laughs> sorry everybody that it's not yeah. <laughs> Just don't be afraid to, you know, kind of relinquish your your plans or your your feeling on, you know, where you think everything's going to go. Let your players run wild with it. Don't be afraid to chase the magical flounder. Yeah, don't be afraid to chase the fish. I kind of want to catchphrase that. Like, chase, the ma- chase the magical flounder. I don't know why. It don't, just sounds very fun to me. Although, as a devil's advocate caveat to that don't be laid don't be afraid to let them chase the fish don't let them chase the fish for two and a half months and not do anything that's true yeah <laughs> eventually catch the fish yeah mm-hmm. chase the flounder catch the fish oh. <laughs> put that on a t-shirt right let's go merch ideas yeah. <laughs> uh more on a like um kind of how everything's gonna flow together there there always has to be that set up your game yeah and that can apply to every session that you have Right, so, I mean, initially, set up your game, do your session zero, set your house rules, make sure you set the expectations to players, we've covered this before, boundaries, whatnot, Um, but carry that over to each game session, right? At the end, at the start of the game session, go over with your players what happened the previous game session. If they don't highlight key points that you tried to put out, maybe they missed it, maybe they overlooked, and they need to have that information... Remind them that the yep. information is there or available to them. Oh, yeah. The, See if they have questions the, on what happened. The pre-session, like, roundup and reminders is a, is a great one. I've, I've yet to play in a session where that hasn't occurred, and that's super great for someone like me who has a pretty good memory, but also just refuses to ever write anything down. Yeah, I mean, I, I take very little notes as well. Uh, I can just kind of, like, follow along fairly naturally, um, and it's always a surprise when I learn something that I didn't have you know yeah you know take it down i just kind of enjoy it so yeah get set up the game every session just to get everyone on the same page nice even flow and it's gonna really help you not only remind yourself but you guys have all been away for a week or two weeks however yeah whatever however monthly um set up your game that's my next tip yep um so I'll kind of branch off that uh, something that I just thought of and I wrote down uh, repetitive sessions. Um, try to stay away from uh, having your players doing the same exact thing for more than two sessions. Um, after that, it can get old. I mean, I'm not saying like if you're searching through, let's say, a haunted house yeah. or you know, uh, Mount Dracula, right? If you're searching through Mount Dracula, it doesn't have to feel the same, even if it takes more than three sessions to get through all of it, because in every, in different areas, different, um, things will 
come up to be problems that you have to work through as a party um what i mean is like if you're stuck in an area trying to get out and your players aren't coming up with the clues or something don't have them do that for more than a couple sessions or if they're going to be battling or something like that don't have that fight last more than a couple sessions unless you're going to be changing up the fight or changing up the puzzle somehow uh it just Mm. when it gets repetitive that's when you'll start seeing numbers dwindle at the table yeah although as a kind of an offshoot to that i would also counter that uh that can change depending on like knowing knowing your players like who's sitting at your table uh, because, like, for example, I'm playing, uh, I play in one game right now where uh, the majority of the people at the table are super into role play and our DM's super into role play. We spend a lot of time, uh, you know, role playing, rolling dice for like skill checks and that sort of thing because we, we try to advance the story like that. There is one player who is relatively new and quite frankly irritates the living piss out of me uh, who just tries to fight everything all the time. His answer to everything is hit it. Is he a mm-hmm. half-orc? No, he's a human champion fighter. What a fucking okay. surprise. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the statistics say you're unoriginal, and they're right. Um, Ouch! <laughs> Damn! If that's, a, if that's the case, if you're, uh, you know, if you're the DM dealing with that, like, know what kind of players you have. If you have a lot of roleplay players gear your session towards that because maybe mm-hmm. maybe they're comfortable with having, you know, two, three, four weeks of very minimal combat, lots of social interactions, lots of investigation, lots of clue finding. Uh, or you have a table full of murder hobos and all they want to do is kill everything. I'm Roll like, uh, <laughs> I'm probably like a 75, 25 for um 75 i enjoy the sleuthing role-playing like that's one of the reasons why i absolutely love you as a dm uh ben just because you throw that shit in your game and it's always fun and there's always a point and there's little shit that if we miss later on when we figure out this thing um we're like oh well fuck he gave us that hint early on and we just fucking didn't. Yeah. Uh, what else? And is we a- didn't. I love that. <laughs> and we just didn't. What else is on your list of things you love about me? Um, <laughs> Please shower me with your love, Jesse. I I actually enjoy the way that you look, uh, like direct eye contact with me, and I can you know while we're talking. Oh, when I got out of the shower earlier. Yes. Uh, so when it's coming up with your <laughs> now. I had nowhere else to go. Yeah, there was, there's nowhere else. Yeah, that's, I just that's, gotta that's, end it. That's yep. the end of that bit. <laughs> what else do you love about me? Your body. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Your fat, juicy ass. Uh, hey, he did the Peter Griffin. Oh, no, was it a good one? That, oh, try it again. Uh, uh, Chris, is it okay, real quick, if I try my? Uh, I I actually tried to do a Cleveland. Yes. Is it okay if I try it out? Oh real quick? my God! Be uh, careful. So okay, so Hold this. Careful. Okay, I'll try to spin this into my Hold, next. I'll say on, on one caveat. I need you to do it as you're as you're reading through the next uh, next bit of your. Oh Jesus! Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna. I might. I may have to try it once or twice. But uh, I don't know if it's good at all. Uh, we'll so, find out together. Say we'll find out. Let's go Let's on this journey. And then our listeners, aka most of my friends, will tell me whether or not it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so my next sticky note is gonna be use what you know. If you like your normal experience, I don't know. It's not good. No, it's it's not. The tone is bad. 
and the. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's bad, and you're like, no, it is bad. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. Uh, no, the the tone is actually like pretty spot on. Now, um, now, 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 now. It's the it inflection right? with the accent that's a little a off. Yeah, yeah, it's it's close. It's very close. It's better than I could do. No, 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 no. I don't know. I've never done it before. Yeah, yeah very I, weird. Uh, so use what you know. I do not know Cleveland's voice apparently, or anything about tone. Thanks. What's to Cleveland's just... son's name? Cleveland Junior. Cleveland Junior. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we just calls him Junior. <laughs> uh, so I'm we don't junior. know uh, the Cleveland show. Um, so use use what you know, and what I mean by that is if you are like a big like sci-fi fan and you like. Laser beams and yeah. sharks with laser. I mean, if you like, you know, all these sci-fi movies, find the theme that you like. Yeah. Try to tailor Draw that into it. your game. Try to use the experiences of uh, other people's creativity to mod and modify it to your yeah. own flavor to try to enhance your game that way. Don't try to come up with something that you know absolutely nothing about. Exactly. Right? You're, you're going to manifest yourself with nothing. Try to pull from other people's experiences, the things that you like, and then come up with your own flavor from there. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's great. Like, uh, one of the, the like, my, uh, the DM for my Friday games uh, is real great with that, with his homebrew stuff. He is, uh, he loves, like, undeath, liches, zombies, demons, all that kind of, that real deep, deep, dark, scary shit. And... It's great because it sets a certain precedent for a lot of his games. We kind of always know a little bit about what we're going to wind up going against, but it's always different every time. We walk in going, all right, what terrible, horrible creature of undeath is he going to throw at us this time? And it's always something new, and it's always something really cool, but it's, it's nice to have that, I don't know, there's a certain level of comfort in that consistency. Right. As a, you know, as a player and as a DM, it's great to be able to just have this endless well of something that you're super knowledgeable about or just super into yeah. that you can just fucking scoop into at any point and be like, well, bam, new lich, bad guy. Yeah, I mean, then it's just, if you do have those those flavors and those themes, you're going to continue to practice them often and you're just going to yeah. get better. You're at just going to get better them. and so, better. Here's a question. Um, uh, Let's go around and say that the A game that we have run as a DM that we pulled from like one of our favorite hobbies or like intellectual ideas that we enjoyed or something. Okay. So um, I'll, I'll go first only... just to give an sure. example. Cause uh, I don't know if I explained that well um, in my game that you guys were in. Uh, I, <laughs> I pulled from sci-fi Yeah, <laughs> and don't yell at me. DMers. Uh, I mean, uh, D and D players. Um, I, it's something that I really enjoyed and I think I did a good job intertwining it with uh typical like D D gameplay uh, but i love sci-fi so i threw a lot of that into my game and a lot of like um smart ideas that you know someone would come up with that has to do that it kind of like puts together magic and um technology into one yeah. um but yeah that's what i pulled from because i love sci-fi and i watch a shit ton of it so i mean that's where my like tons of ideas came from with as far as like the 
um, magical towers that um, they could infuse with, uh, like, a spell to make it more powerful, um, or the car, the flying cars that were that had the mini stuff on. Anyways, yeah. So I had a um, one of uh, my favorite books that I've read is called The Wayfarer's Redemption. Uh, and I modeled a game and ran it similar to that book. And it's basically, just to give a rundown, it's humans suck and have destroyed majority of the forest on the land, right? Mm-hmm. This has its own world. The remaining forests are protected by these fey creatures and every, that all of the humans are scared of. Yeah. All of the humans worship one god called the Plow. Oh, Get wow. that, because they plowed through all the land, right? Yeah. And... So it's an interaction between like these three races and one overall evil character. So it's these humans, these fake creatures that people are scared of, and it's these uh, almost celestial-like bards who use the stars as music, which is super fucking cool. Which is one of the things I love the books. And one of the humans is a um, a mixture between human and one of those celestial-like races, and a villain comes out of it, and this whole world thing. So just those three kind of, like, factions is how I, how I kind of flavored and themed a game with uh, a general overarching story similar to that one, which I really liked. Nice. Yeah, I've uh, I've not had a chance to run this yet, but uh, I have been, for the last, I don't know, year or so now, working on uh, co-opting uh, and expanding on my favorite uh my favorite plot point from my favorite video game into an entire D session which is uh final fantasy 7 because i love that game it's very near and dear to my heart um the entire second half of the game i could not give less of a fuck about the part that interests me the most is the beginning when you start off as basically an eco-terrorist trying to topple a corporation who is sapping the life of the planet for nothing more than monetary gain Nice. I find that incredibly interesting. And there are certain bits that pop up later in the game that I think would tie in better over the course of like a D&D story where it winds up being that like the planet itself has like a last line of natural defenses, just these absolutely massive titans that rise from the planet to defend it in like it's in its in its last effort to not be polluted and corrupted. And I just I saw that whole thing tie out. I was like, that would make a great D&D session. So I've been working on that slowly. No, that is awesome. <laughs> Probably the funnest one that I've ever run was uh it was about the the so the main character, he had his uh he had like the equivalent of a TV show where he would fix things and his partner on it um what actually had all of the knowledge behind it and the main character would always mess things up and hurt himself and then he'd go uh back to his home and that's where his family would be and he'd always be trying to upgrade things but they'd end up going terribly wrong and he had a very wise uh neighbor that you only saw the top half of his head i knew it and yeah no it was just it was great it was yeah. oh up now I I see that I'm actually describing home improvement and yeah. I'm terribly embarrassed yeah. that went didn't go the direction I meant. <coughs> I I also like Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's kind of like I think we've touched base on like a lot of these. I guess let's run through them in an actual like list. Oh wait, I think Just... there was there was one more that Jesse had. Oh yeah, uh, the the, uh, the additional ones. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, no the the 
homebrew ideas or magical items. Um, just right off the top before we get uh, further into it, I would say with this, um, if you're going to put either a homebrew rule or a homebrew item, talk to experienced DMs first further like thoroughly try to weigh them out because you don't want to end up um throwing something in that just is doesn't work that you couldn't foresee uh so it's it's always a good idea to talk to experienced yeah. dms and experienced players just to see if this idea will work yeah and there's a lot of forums out there where people oh, will yeah. help out people all the will time help out. things like that they love doing all um, the theory crafting and the, as far as like items specifically, because that's kind of personally is where a lot of my homebrew talent lies, uh, is a, just a, a little cheap secret. Um, the people who write these books get paid to write these books because they know what they're doing. Do not be afraid to take an item and use it as a framework for something. Mm-hmm. The, that's a lot, good, yeah. Those items are balanced the way they are for a reason. Take, Don't be afraid to take something, copy the number of charges, copy the division of the uses of the charges, and change the effect, change whatever the item is. They, You have all of these wonderful frameworks for things that already exist and that you can change into whatever you want them to be with very little effort. You don't have to stress about trying to build the perfect item because you have the perfect framework for the perfect item. Just flavor it and suit it to whatever you know player or class or whoever it is you're trying to give it to. That's brilliant. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? Should we round this up into a nice, neat little package for everybody? Um... I mean, uh, the only, the last thing that I have on my list is voices, um, and it's just don't care so much about voices. Uh, don't let that shadow the story that is trying to be told. Yeah, um, which I, I think is more of a more of a current problem than anything. Because yeah, thanks, yeah. Critical Role. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I enjoy doing voices a lot and there have been times in my game where I have messed up voices like so bad that it completely took me out of the, the like role playing aspect and I couldn't get into the character that I was trying to portray. And, uh, the more I went with it, the more I realized that, Hey, if that ever happens, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to say, Hey, I'm switching this to this so that I can get into this player. Um, so that's why you're going to hear him go from a terrible, I don't uh, we can go with the one that I did, the terrible Scottish accent, <laughs> to the, <laughs> to like a, I don't know, a generic, um. Jamaican accent. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> Yo, man. That's what I'm talking about. No, he lived, he lived in Jamaica. That's Got where he Macon. grew up. And then he moved to Canada where he spent most of uh, his adult life. So they, you know, intertwined. Right, into right, 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 right. Of course. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so let's round this out um i'll just run run through them really quickly jesse run through a couple of yours make sure we chris make sure we don't forget anything yeah and so everyone has a nice nice neat little package to kind of take with them yeah write this down on an in- index card tape, it, tape to... it onto your screen all right uh so set up your game your boundaries expectations do it before every session know your players who you're t- who are you telling a story to know their likes dislikes Set up your scenes. We kind of briefly touched on that. You know, give a good detail of where everything is. Don't uh, don't be afraid to let control of your games. Go ahead and chase the uh, chase the flounder, magical flounder, for a little while. Yep. Um, 
Use what you know, pull from your experiences. Don't overplan. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't go too big, too fast. Don't, uh, uh, oh, with your uh, homebrew items and magic items, um, maybe discuss with more experienced DMs uh, or thoroughly look into them to make sure you know what you're doing and what you're giving your party at uh, X level. And uh, don't worry so much about your voices. You know, they'll come with practice. You can actually also look at YouTube videos to work on voices if you'd like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a pretty comprehensive list. Like, I, you know, I wouldn't call them like the gold standard. Like, don't feel like if you if you miss on any of these or whatever, you don't feel any of them really apply to you directly that you're like somehow lesser or, or anything like that. These are just really good, like not gold star, but like these are good, like bronze star tips to just kind of keep in the back of your head. If you're, you know, if you're really focused on or worried about, I should say, you know, the quality of your game, like if you feel like it's not good enough, it's not meeting your standards, uh, following any of these, uh, I think will really bring it up to a point where you'll be a lot more happy with it. Uh, and your players will probably notice that they'll be a lot more happy with it. Everybody's happy at the table. Game goes great. Everybody wins. And uh, last but not least, if you are ever uh, lost in the creation world, um, the best idea is always to fall back on uh, the tool man tailor, home improvement. Dun, 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 I've never seen home improvement. And? I've seen Home Improvement. Oh, thank God. All right. We were like, Chris and I looked at each other. I know. We need to talk about No, we're not moving forward. Hold the fuck on. That was such a pivotal point of my childhood. How dare you disrespect Tim Allen like that. All right. Tim Allen's kind of a douchebag, but his show, Home Improvement, was awesome. And? Bum, 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 And? 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 Now, what the fuck was that, Justin? <laughs> Welcome to the question segment. What was that? Every, every home improvement fan is going to love that. I just Yeah, yeah all, all four of the of boomers who listen to our fucking podcast. <laughs> Holy shit, I broke him. <laughs> Don't die. Don't pull a back muscle. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I think we have time for a couple questions. We have, we have time for several questions. Oh, jeez. Are we not? I thought we talked for so long. Time flies when you're having fun. All right. Or it doesn't um, fly. I don't know. That, that wasn't the right. Uh... It feels like it's taking right, so, forever. Right. This is this is boring. This sucks. Uh, so, um, what's something that a con art- con artist would sell? So the framework of this question. There's a little more detail that I kind of uh, left out. Um, was. Like, if there's, like, a merchant in the town, or if there is maybe this faction or guild that's creating something that is not being portrayed correctly, what sort of con artist items or things would they sell? Oh, uh, I mean, some of the standard defaults are, like, obviously false, like, works of art, 
you know, things of great monetary value on appearance that are, you know, worthless. Tofu. That tofu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tofu. Tofu. tofu is a con of a food. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I was just gonna lean into it. I, I don't know. Um uh no uh like yes, you're right. Though that's typical. That's you know something you can find. Um but it's you know I, I think we can all agree that's kind of on yeah. the land side. Hey come over here. I get that. you want to buy a bridge? <laughs> right, right. I was a gonna say bridge? so. So How deeds, deeds yeah. of property. Like I think you can have a lot of fun with that because oh, yeah. you can put you know different stuff where your party actually might not know that it's a con um, yeah, until they roll in with this fake deed and they're like, "This is ours now." And then the constable's like, "No, yeah, go to not. jail." If you, you literally bought a donkey named Deed, did you read what you bought? If you accidentally gave your party way too much gold, this might be a way around it <laughs> yeah uh, the uh sh- i was gonna say shares or better yet probably in this world shares part, what yeah. an apple part <laughs> part how's oh, the stock market in part, your game <laughs> part ownership of uh business is probably the more realistic one that i would say yeah. so i mean if if you had somebody like let's say uh, they were a con artist and the person that owns that business left town oh, for a little like a pyramid just, scheme jump no they just jumped into that business and was like yes no this is my business would you like part ownership these are how much this is how much you can earn to give this some slightly more uh more in-universe flavor uh i i developed something like this Uh, i've never been able to use it it just kind of came to me one day um a con artist who sells fake potions you gross so you go and you take that healing potion because you are at three hit points and you are facing 17 orcs because the deal's <coughs> a dick. Yeah. Uh, and instead, it's just a it's a love potion. It's a charm potion. Yeah. No, how about how about instead of those? So there aren't any health potions, just so you don't put your car- your players into that. That'd be funny. Uh, that would be kind of funny. But oh man, that would suck. Uh, but no, they're they're all the other skills. Because those are the fun ones that, like, every now and again, you're like, oh, man, this would be nice if I had a nice boost on yeah. this. And then all of a sudden, they buy one of everything. And you're like, okay, investigate that. <laughs> yeah, I know I only have a 10 in intelligence, but I'm going to go investigate that with my plus five potion. <sniffs> what do you mean it didn't work? It didn't do any. There's nothing? I didn't have no, no, no boost? No. Oh, all right. Okay, just straight up roll then. See, the the way right. that I would do it is I wouldn't do it in, in such a way that would ever put your players in danger of, like, dying. But uh, I would kind of circumvent that. Like, let's say you um, you think you, you know, they think they've bought, you know, three, like, healing potions. They're in the heat of battle and they're going to die. And they're like, oh, I need to pop this potion. They pop the potion and drink it. And, you know, after they consume the potion, they go to roll the dice and use the DM like, "Uh uh-uh, nope. And you're like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, no, uh, it wasn't a healing potion at all. Uh, You consume the potion and it turns out uh, that you feel your body slowly begin to like change and evaporate. And now you're a cloud. Oh, gaseous form. Yeah. Oh, gross. Just tricky, just tricky little things like that that are that are not dangerous, but are just inconveniences because the the gaseous form potion, unlike the spell, you can't just end. You have to wait for that to wear off. <laughs> That's fantastic. Just find any nice, like, sick transmutation spell and throw that on a potion. Yeah. 
Just, oh, now it's a potion of polymorph. I gotta roll randomly. See what the yeah, fuck we're gonna roll into. randomly on this table. And pff, well, good news, bad news. That's actually an amazing <laughs> idea. I love that idea. Um, <laughs> you did not heal, but now you're a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about a uh, how about minerals? But okay. it's a transmutation wizard that casts its spell on these things. Oh yeah. So in an hour. This gold chunk that you bought for, yeah. you know, 3,000 gold, this chunk is yeah. worth more than that. <clears throat> but they sold it to you so that they could actually have currency because yeah, you can't they just buy raw material. with a chunk. Right. Yeah. So it sounds legit. So and you then get like an hour thing. later, it's copper. Uh, yeah. Mm. Or How it's about... wood. Can it, can it even be wood? No, I don't think it can be wood. See, so yeah, I just got like this dark kind of scheming over... Like plot. Oh, it can be stone. Did, I can't remember. She's got a dark scheming plot. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. With this con artist. You make this like con artist wizard, right? You do the transmutation thing. But instead you like you transmute something very like poisonous into just like a simple like mineral stone. And you pitch that to a city that it will purify their drinking water oh, yeah, if and they then keep they... it in and then it turns into like just say, Alright, it dissolves into this thing your water's purified but now it's all poisoned yeah Ooh, these dark scheming con artists i like it yeah and you can even find a way to pitch that onto the players be like hey look i have a job i'll pay you oh, so yeah, much I'll pay you go get all of oh that's amazing deposit these stones out look we just got a new <laughs> thing with the, and the whole party poisons yeah. the entire fucking city there's your plot oh, hook and then the then that wizard shows up to like save them save the city or whatever and points at all the players, oh yeah absolutely like, what they, did you do yeah how did you fuck this up it was so simple all you had to do was do this and then the players will be like no we did exactly what you told us we and put these in the water and the wizard goes no you idiot i told you to put these in the water and pulls out like the actual purification thing <laughs> and then there the players are the bad guys and yeah this wizard is the good guy and then they want to leap across the, the table and stab you yeah and then even further the plot hook by making that transmutation wizard actually not know that he's handing out these poisonous swans and have someone else kind of behind the scenes because everyone's going to look at the wizard and say the wizard's the bad oh, guy yeah, he's the bad guy and the wizard actually doesn't he's, know no, shit he's just an idiot he actually has these perfected these mineral things that fucking purify water but someone else snuck in this bad batch of shit yeah mm. the blood thing yeah <laughs> Look, there you go. Every... We just create like a uh, a, a, a plot, one, an yeah. actual plot for a like story. A, yeah, yeah, that's like a good like three shot probably. It could be longer you depending can, on yeah, how hard you, you frame it. Stretch, stretch that, that out. shit out. Yeah, yeah. You I was gonna say you you fr frame that in uh frame that in a desert world where water is incredibly scarce and one town is built on like the only natural reservoir in like the majority of the desert and. Oh. Put, put that wizard uh, as a big distributor already distributing to these other small villages and cities, yeah. and the party has to go to these places and stop them from using Just all this poisonous, poisonous water. I do, you th and we can cut this out if you want, but uh, can we create a one shot one of these days? I think I asked you guys that. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun yeah. to wait. Yeah, no, me, we talked about that, didn't we? I don't know. I, I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't, I'm pretty sure we didn't. Oh, okay. Then I'm bringing it up now. Like, you imagine that? <laughs> I would love to do yeah, that. We, in can, an we can we episode. can add that to the add that to the topic list. Yeah, no, that would be so much fun to just create a one shot. I agree. All right, so uh, yeah, there you go. Lots of shit 
uh, for a con artist to sell and a new plot hook in case you're in need of a uh, of a of a campaign for your players. <laughs> that was good. That was a good little little back and forth. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, um, I'm thinking. I'm on to the next question, Jesse. Okay, I just want to... Okay, okay, I'm thinking of making a village of idiots. In this region, province, kingdom, all the village idiots have been banished, and they have built their own town. Uh, What ridiculous shenanigans could they be getting up to? What idiotic laws or features of the town could be there? Oh, this is... Can you read that one more time? The whole thing? Yeah, I was listening, I just need another... You weren't listening at all. No, I definitely was. All right, there's a there's a village full of ewes. Full of ewes? Yeah. Oh, haha, I get did, it. Did you get it? Yeah. I caught you an idiot. Oh. Okay, so this person has a village. Because I heard the So question, there's so this kingdom that. nearby, and in that kingdom, they cast out all of the dumb people, and they put them, and all those dumb yeah. people said, we're dumb, we all have that in common. We're going to live go, together. We're going to go make our own town. With our we, own government and laws and rules and structures and everything. Let's be realistic here. If it's a, if they're all dumb, then they definitely don't think that they're dumb. They think that they are brilliant. Because the, the, all the people that are unintelligent that I know of, they all tell you about how smart they are all the time. Yeah. All right. So overconfident dumb people <laughs> yes. is what you're looking at. All right, yeah. so for this village, so what? So they got to form this town. There's not going to be a single good carpenter. So this place no, cannot. This place is going to be ramshackled piles of like mismatched, miscut lumber that are just vaguely nailed together in the rough shape of buildings. Oh, in the town theme. Um, so like a motto. So yeah, yeah. So the one I'm thinking is make Faerun great again because it's a town of idiots. And that's that's only what dumb people think. Mafa. <laughs> Mafa. Ma- yes. Because <laughs> they're stupid. And none of their helms have any face guards on them at all. There's like it's almost like they're just maskless. Did you, did you get it? Did you get yes. it? Yep. Did you get it? All right. I didn't though. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Chris no, would you would you mean wear a mask, folks? Oh, gotcha. Don't go outside. Yes. No, that's definitely. All right. What so, they would no, think if you too. were really making a village of idiots and you wanted to present it to a group of players, what's kind of like this cool? What what is something like? Maybe they stumbled upon something great yeah. that they just don't know about, and that they either built around or made a law around. Oh. What if like something is drawing them to this city? Oh, this this village idiots like something is not necessarily controlling them but influencing them to you know congregate together. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking something to the effect of like they've they've constructed their city around uh I don't know like the D and D equivalent of like Yggdrasil, like the Tree of Life. It just they feel just like naturally you know uh, what's the word um, drawn. Yes, but like, uh, like rejuvenated oh, around okay. it, like because it's you know it is this it is this beacon of like constant life and energy and uh, you know ever flowing you know goodness into the world. It just fills them with like this youthful exuberance constantly, and they're all morons. So, so they- <laughs> wait, wait. So okay, um, did you have more to that? 
before I interrupt you. Uh, well, it's just, it's kind of the effect of, like, it, it fills them with this youthful exuberance and this vibrance and appreciation for life so that uh, as morons, they, you know, they don't really get it, but they have all these dumb ideas and that, that constant energy, that positivity, that flowing of positive good radiance just makes them think that all of these dumb ideas that they have are always great. So we have a, 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 this ramshackle society of the most loosely put together buildings you can imagine and a system of laws that absolutely no one can understand, but somehow they all manage to follow. Like, you don't wear your left shoe on Wednesday. That's against the law. We tie you to a stick and throw tomatoes at you if you wear your shoes. Uh, d like, absolutely insane, asinine shit like that. So that way, as soon as the party comes in, they're going to break one of these absurd laws. Yeah. Immediately go to the most ridiculous prison. Yeah. Which, where's the prison? It is just below the first branches of this massive fucking tree that they're always drawn to. And they decided to build their civilization under. And it's full of panthers. Entire colonies. I don't know if colonies are, yeah. is a term for panthers. But hundreds of panthers live in this fucking tree. And occasionally come down and they snag one of the fucking idiots. Because they get too close to the branch or something. And that's yeah. where the prison is. And it's so it, but but the prison is just uh, four stone posts. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, else. There's, there's no gate. No, yeah, there's no just, fence. There's no roof. They use it's, chalk and they draw like lines uh, around it, saying yeah, you can't leave the box because their prison is based entirely on a trust system. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you did this bad thing. We're gonna put you in that little box over there. Wait, can I leave? Oh, you're not gonna do that. Yeah, you did the bad thing. No, yeah, you gotta stay in yeah, the box. No, you're right. If I didn't, I break the law. Avoid the Panthers. Yeah, just this absolutely backwards ass society with. Uh, <laughs> Just these completely nonsense laws, but I really like the idea of none of the punishments being anything yeah, no, harmful. Like, nothing just, harmful. Yeah. No, just they're always happy, right? Stupid and inconveniencing all the time. They're dumb, happy people. Like if you leave, if you leave that box, then the next one is being tied to a stick while people throw tomatoes at you. Yeah, or something. It's right? just something absurd. Like nothing painful. It's just like, oh, okay. Or they, like, just walk you out of the city. All right, now you aren't allowed here anymore. No, they, they put you, they, it's like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Off limits. Um, no, I like the idea of, like, people uh, coming to try to, like, help their society. Yeah, because And them just like, oh, no, no you're, you, you're going no. against everything we believe in. You have to go. No. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going to be just fine. They, now leave. They idiot. stop people at the gate like, ho, ho, it's it's Saturday. Yeah, and we uh, no no new no new visitors on Saturday. Why? It's just because it's Saturday. <laughs> yeah, we don't want you here. It's Saturday. Get the hell out. There's a small little inn at the end of the road you can go down to. It's yeah. just a stables. I don't know. Just absurd things like <laughs> that. Goes, get the hell out, and a tomato comes in out of nowhere and just smacks them in the head. And then they're like, no swearing. Nah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually, no, I love that village. I want to go there one day. <laughs> uh, we got time for one quick one? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. I have an encounter where my party of five level four characters are going through a large redwood forest, tracking down two rogues, one that uses a longbow and one that uses a short sword and daggers. I want this to be a uh, climactic battle because this is en the ending and beginning of a new arc in my story. Uh, how could I make this a somewhat fair fight between them? Also, the two rogues have a couple of lackeys with them, which kind of makes sense. What yeah. doesn't make sense is why they also have two giant wasps with them. 
but that's what is with these two rogues. An archer, a duelist, two giant wasps, and some lackeys. Um, can I just throw out... Uh, so they're, this is who they have to fight the party? Okay, yep. so the there. archer is the is going to be an arcane rogue, uh, arcane trickster rogue. Uh, he's going to be the sniper. Uh, that that allows you to have um, like a you can even have like a fine familiar. You can have invisibility. You can stay hidden, not be seen. Shoot from the um, like darkness of cover, and also have everybody get disadvantage on all spell save throws as an arcane trickster. Okay. That can help make this fight a little longer and um well the maybe first, more well, challenging. What's what's going to be what's going to be a good equalizer is the fact that if you are using two rogues and not two like standard like monsters out of the monster manual, you're giving these things class levels and that's yeah. an overall advantage against the party. Yeah. Anyway, because they're gonna have yep. Yeah. Features similar to that. So sneak attack's gonna be very big for this. Oh yeah. Especially like if they're, you know, chasing they're chasing them into a forest. Until you find where these at least where the archer is, that's a sneak attack every round. Every round. We've got to figure out a way for these things to move through the forest very quickly without having to use their actual movement. It's maybe like a, a cape of the Montebank where it gives them dimension door once per day. Mm. Yep. Something like that. Or something to give them Misty Step. Yeah. Tree, isn't isn't the there tree a... stride? Uh, what race? What races get Misty Step eventually? Uh, Aladrin. Um, I think... That kind of fits in a forest, too. Yeah. Alad- and they get uh, they get additional abilities depending on, on their Misty their, Step. Depending, depending on what season. Depending on the season, in. yeah. So you give these things Misty Step. They are Aladrin rogues. Yep. With class levels. So they can get in and out very easily throughout this forest. Yeah. I mean, uh, what if you made? What if there were druid rogues? Hmm. Not druid rogues. Dryads. Sorry, if there were dryad rogues, ro- dryad rogues, and then they use tree stride to get around the forest. Yeah, could. I mean, depending would, on the oh, strength of the suck. party. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. would that definitely would suck. approach that with caution, and that yeah. that justifies the giant wasps. That does. It makes sense with the giant wasps. Where are those wasps gonna come in at? What are they gonna go? I, f- I think that the idea was to have them be there to give, gain the um, ability to get sneak attack from with the rogues, right? Because if you have, uh, um, they get pack tactics, basically, where they gain um, sneak attack if a enemy is within five feet of an ally. Yeah. So that's what the wasps can well, give them. What I'm, what I'm seeing is like... Let's, let's, you know, assume they've got class levels. Let's assume they're dryads for the sake of quickly moving through the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with little context, I'm just going to kind of put some phrasing over this. Let's assume that these, these guys are like the defenders of the forest or whatever, or they think they're the defenders of the forest. Um, so they're just lying in wait in their forest waiting. You have this, uh, you have this archer who is just going to be waiting for the perfect moment. You have this uh, this dueling swordsman who's probably a swashbuckler who's just going to get in and out every round. Tree stride, come in, hit, tree stride. Like, there's all of this quick movement. You have the lackeys who believe in their cause and the giant wasps who are essentially their guard dogs. So if you if you take that route, you sh- why don't you, like, pair these... 
pair these up with each different like style. The lackeys yeah. and the archer will pair well together because yeah. the lackeys could maybe you dig ditches in this forest and they're under some sort of camouflage cover. They pop up. They pop up at a different angle, shoot an arrow and pop back down. Yeah, maybe a perception check to notice them. So that way, the normal archer who's getting the sneak attack advantage on them, uh, you know, has a better chance of moving around without being seen. The party doesn't know where these yeah. things are coming from. And the wasp flying in and out of combat while this, uh, you know, duelist like rogue, the swashbuckler, even comes, you know, darting in and out of combat really quickly with these wasps getting advantage with their sneak attack yeah i think that's the i mean it's going to confuse them people might get scattered there's plenty of distance between everyone so aoe spells aren't going to be as effective yeah right and i mean if that if the goal is to try and make this an epic fight like it it seems like that would be the best way to do it is like you get you want to give these rogues a plan and that plan is like distract and divide and so then that leaves it up to the party you know how quickly can they sort out that that's what these guys are trying to do before one and one by one you know these party members start dropping off like that's that's a pretty epic fight that involves you know a lot of serious uh like consideration to your combat choices a lot of out of game consideration that the players have to make as far as their tactics are concerned yeah. like as far as epic fights go that is i think what's going to make it was when you have to blend that level of in game choice to out of game choice to be able to look at the chessboard as a player and be like i see i see what they're doing and then having to find a way to relay that in game as well Right, yeah, and it, make sure, like, use the information that the rogues would know. Like, if the rogues know the party's tactics or the, what players or what classes, yeah. if they've already done the research and they've seen these guys fight before, have everyone target, you know, maybe the healer first, or maybe everyone target, leave the tank alone. That's what his yeah, job is. He's, to he's supposed the to take the damage. You know, if they're smart enough, you know, have them use yeah. that information to their advantage. Yeah, this, basically, to, to sum this up, because we're burning a little on time here i think the best way to turn this into an epic fight is remember that your your bad guys the people who are trying to take out your party these are intelligent people these are people who have a plan they have a system they've got allies or lackeys to aid them in this plan they need to use all of that to their advantage and make it make it fun too you can have them uh you can have them walk up into the forest and like you could set some stuff up so that they like I don't know hear hear a voice just from off to the right be like you know oh must leave now yeah and then a spark and it's gone you know and that's them using tree stride or misty step yeah. or something and then you have no idea where this you just know where this voice came from and then you saw like a, a flash and you're like what uh. Excuse me, I don't, I don't really want to leave. What? No, um, what? Or, we're just, we're just gonna walk through. It's cool. We're I good. Mean, or, or if the players know why they're there, like you know, use that to trip them up. Use it to try and you know misdirect. Try to, you know, at really add some flavor to that because maybe, maybe they are the guardians of the forest. Maybe they don't actually want to fight. Maybe they're literally just like leave the forest. If you leave, we won't have to kill you. You must leave the forest now. Like, like, please, because, like, then we'll have to fight and stuff. And we don't, you know, we don't really want to do do that. Yo, you got to keep, got hey, you got to, you got to keep doing the intimidation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, leave now. Leave. Flash. Right on. <laughs> I have no value to add to this conversation because I had to leave the table because I had to use the restroom. If you've made it this far, <laughs> thank you for listening. 
You can find us on Twitter at OTS Block, Facebook Outside the Stat Block. Check us out on our website at OutsideTheStatBlock.com where you can find all of our latest episodes. And eventually you could find some one-third shirts. This yes. episode was brought to you today by the one-third shirts. Uh, Chase the Magical Flounder. Yes. And Ben. Promo code OTS Block. Yeah, get your one-third shirts, probably. <laughs> Maybe. I gotta buy scissors to cut some t-shirts up. <laughs> Actually, like, real talk, do all six of you, do you want one-third shirts? Should we do that? We'll make one-third we shirts. We will do that. We'll we will happen. do one-third shirts. OTSB branded one-third shirts. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. If you're listening on uh, Apple or Spotify, give us, you know, give us that five-star. Uh, I don't actually know if you could five star on Spotify. I don't fucking know how podcasts work. I don't listen to podcasts there. Um, <laughs> but I know it's on Apple. So if you're listening you there, yeah. uh, you know, follow, subscribe, whatever, rate. It helps us out. It's really great. Comment. Yeah. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah. No. Uh, and um, this has been Outside the Stat Blog. Yeah. Thank you. Now go play pretend with your friends. Subscribe! Ha 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 ha!